I'm Kat. And I'm Gabe. And we're the, the Ghouls Next Door. Talking about that spooky stuff. Every day. Yeah. And we're continuing our um, horror writer series for the spookiest month of the year. We October. sure is. And we, we we started with the king of horror, Stephen King. Yeah. We had uh, Shirley Jackson, which is a, she's a queen in her own right. Yep. Um, and uh, we covered uh, Best Dad. Yeah. Best number one dad. Dean Koontz. Number one, the best awesome. Yeah. And today we're talking about uh, a woman who has paved her own way and honestly transformed an entire genre of literature. Yeah. To, and, and to the fact that it's really hard to not, like, see the impact. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, like, when you're looking, if anything to do with vampires, it's like, y- you owe some thanks to Anne Rice. Yeah. Even if you hate Twilight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I've never been as, as we discussed in our actual vampires episode, those mm-hmm. very specific t- vampires, is I, I never really was on board. Yeah. With vampires, but I enjoyed interview with a vampire. Like I thought it was a good time. Yeah. 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 So um, we're gonna dive into to Anne Rice, who, yeah, I I've always really loved vampires. It's always been a fun time for mm-hmm. me. I think they're really interesting, even like the brooding, sad ones. And she literally wrote the book on them. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be a fun ride to dive into like what her motivations were, and you know what drove her to to create this entire subgenre of horror literature yeah that gave us things like well now we have like true blood and vampire diaries and and twilight as well but mm-hmm. uh ample amounts of sexy brooding young vampires who are out here for love and not just luring and eating you yeah yeah For a minute, you know. Yes, maybe more than a minute. We'll see where your life Several takes us. minutes. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I'll start with what I have first. Did you know what? that Anne Rice? Yes, is not Anne Rice's real name. Yeah. So Anne is one of her many. Uh, what's the word when you write under a different name? Pseudonym. Oh, is that what's called? Yeah. Uh, essentially, when she was a little kid. Yeah. She decided, well, her, like, name that she was born with was Howard Allen Francis O'Brien. Oh. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting you to say with your <laughs> mouth when you said that. <laughs> I was like, oh, her name is Susan. She hated it. Yeah, but no, Howard, no. okay. Um, yeah, her name was Howard. Uh, and when she was in kindergarten, like, when you start a new school or whatever, you're yeah. just like, they don't know yeah. that that's my name. I'm going to camp, and maybe my name is Kate now instead of being Katie. <laughs> yeah. So she went from Howard to Anne. She just told her teacher that her name was Anne now. Yeah, and, and that's believable. That's what it was. Because I feel like the teacher would probably have double-taked if she was like, oh, yeah, I'm Howard. And she would have been like, what? But her being like, no, 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 I'm Anne, the teacher was, was like, like, oh, okay. yes. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. It's or nice like, just her. was like, 
I understand. You don't want to be called Howard. Yeah. Anne's fine. Yeah. One, it's less letters. Yeah. I've decided that makes it easier. I can write it better. Yeah. As a kindergarten. It is only four letters. Yeah. It is so much easier to write in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. And also, I'm like, teach. how bold of this kindergartner? Like, because you're so, at kindergarten age, you're so, like, willing to just go along with whatever is given to you. Like, mm-hmm. she probably wouldn't even know that that's a problem. That Howard is a different name than, like, people would think, right? Yeah. Like, so, it's that's really interesting that she was so aware of herself. And it was like, no, actually, a man. Yeah. And the teacher's like, yeah, sounds right. And her parents were like, all right. It's like, I say that you've made this choice. Yeah. That's fine. That's dope. Yeah. So, um, that's fun fact comes to us from Adrian Rivera's Six Interesting Facts About Anne Rice. And from there, I will give you a few more interesting facts about Anne Rice that are clearly stated in the article that that person wrote. So, creativity (laughs) runs in the family, in that, which is the title of number three. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, That uh, Stan Rice, Anne Uh, Rice's husband. And Fran Rice, another one they can have. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> no, just for, okay, just no. Dan and Anne. Well, okay, so Anne was Anne O'Brien mm. before she was Anne Rice. Anne Rice. Yeah. Well, you know, if it's she was sad choosing Anne, is that their couple name is just Stan? Yeah, but with an is. E, it's still Anne Stan, <laughs> but with an E at the end. Yeah, nice Stan. Yeah. <laughs> no, no? <laughs> no okay. just Stan. Cool, um, but yeah, he's also a writer. Uh, and he actually used, he didn't use, that sounds awful. Um, <laughs> the unfortunate reality that happened was mm. their daughter died. Yes. And both Anne and Stan used that like trauma to fuel their literary work. Oh, absolutely. Um, and he wrote, uh, poetry specifically, and then like a book of poems, uh, and, you know, it won an Edgar Allan Poe Award. Wow. Yeah, so they were both he's talented. Just on, he's a spooky babe all by himself, or was. Yeah. I don't know if it was specifically about spooky stuff, but I guess to win an Edgar Allan Poe Award, it has to be Maybe a little bit spooky. Kind of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's something that was, like, really instrumental in, like, not her becoming a writer, because she already was one, but that, like, she really used that awful event to, like, their outlet for that pain was yeah. to write Interview with a Vampire, which was one of her most successful works. It was like the starter, right? Yeah. 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 And I think it's what's interesting about that is like when you have a the death of a child, a lot of the times that breaks up a marriage. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it brought them together because they were both able to like, f- like f- have an outlet. Uh-huh. For their pain in, like, this way that was healthy and uh-huh. that they could, like, support each other in that way is really awesome. Because I know he he really greatly supported, just like we've kind of seen as a trend in this series, uh-huh. is that we have these spouses who are like, no, I believe in you. You're going to keep trying. Because he was the one who was like, no, keep writing and read yeah. her books and, like, pushed her to do it and, like, did that. Does, and, and to do that despite, like, the pain that they must have been under yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. And it seems like. That they've had, like, a good relationship from yeah. what I've read. Um, and also, like, Anne herself, uh, as, like, you would expect someone who has something so awful happen to them. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't what caused her conflict with religion, but, like, in tandem, 
yeah. was going through like a rocky road spiritually as well. So she started out Catholic mm-hmm. um, when she went like off to school, essentially started to question and yeah. disagree with like organized, I guess, sort yes. of religion and decided she was atheist and then went back and you see like a revival of religious work. So that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but then was like, nah, I don't like church though. Because they're not nice to people yeah. in an organized sense. So that was cool. Yeah. Because I was like, I feel that. Yeah. Spirituality without organized religion. Positive in my book. So cool, Anne. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that myself. Because that's something I similarly um, grew up with, where I, I was raised very religious. Mm-hmm. And then what I found was, like, I didn't. I didn't really go to church and it wasn't really an institutional thing, but I was like, I don't really get behind those people, but like Jesus, I get like, yeah. be nice to people, have some rules to follow, mm-hmm. like have support when things get rough. Yeah. Um, and you know, really stick to things with that kind of support from uh-huh. the spirit, spiritual standpoint. So like that, I totally get in her being like, like but this other it, stuff. <laughs> you know? Like this part. Yeah. You hate the gays. Yeah. It's oh. like <laughs> Martin Luther do- definitely understood when he was like, here's all the stuff you're doing. Stop spending everyone's money on your gold. <laughs> you got it. You figured it out all yeah, the way back You're then. like, oh, Catholicism seems a little corrupt, maybe. <laughs> yeah. The Pope seemed to have a lot of money going on. You can pay money to be forgiven for sins. Uh-huh. That doesn't seem that right. Seems problematic. Seems counteractive to the to the line of like, it's easier for a rich uh, to put a camel through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get in heaven. Yeah, we're all forgetting that though in today's political climate. Yep, <laughs> I don't think anyone that's currently alive today is going to heaven, and I don't know if that's. I just kind Not of feel that rules. way. Um, because as a society, in terms of religiousness, I feel like we're very flawed. <laughs> Religiousliness. They made up a word. Just let it happen. It. Yeah. I also used grammar incorrectly before, and you didn't stop. Me. I just let you do what you gotta do. It's a. St- episode about writers you're supposed <laughs> well, to correct I, don't know. I just feel like you just need to let stuff out sometimes yeah and i'm here true. to support i have to teach kids all I'm day the... so i have to talk real good and nice and not incorrect times because babies and yeah. they're influenced by the words i speak yeah that's true so yeah. i have to be like what you yeah. just pronounce things and I you just have to like something really funny what say words that stan stands <laughs> and yeah, because I oh, stand. Oh, I get it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Young I people say, speak. I, I'm the stand to your Aaron right now, but I was like, I stand. <laughs> okay, I always be, I always stand. I don't want to use it. I don't want to <laughs> use it properly because it's, it's not proper English. <laughs> I stand. That's it. That's all I have. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's one thing, I mean, I as you could tell here on the ghouls. Yep. Is we had a very large affinity for Dean and Steven and even Shirley. And we like Anne. But, like, we're, we're not as excited. No. But I'm still going to do it justice to the yeah. best of my abilities. Yeah. Uh, it's okay I'm, for us not to, like, super hardcore fangirl over everybody. Yeah. And, I mean, honestly, it's like, even though we're not, lots of other people are. So yeah. she has, like, a very strong following, like, a cult-level kind of oh, following absolutely. of the, like, vampire saga of yes. sorts. Um, and then also just, like, 
the like spookiness, you know, yeah. like kind of making spookiness a layer within our own society. Yeah. Like, so she has a lot of, like she's inspired a lot of like events that are annual, like Halloween bashes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she's inspired a lot of like spooky times. And as you'll talk about, you know, an entire genre version of vampire life. Yeah. So, uh, well, one, Anna's very active on her Facebook page. So I thought yeah. that was cute. She like always really interacts with whoever, like her fans. So she like kind of cultivates the cult. Yeah, she <laughs> cultivates. Just, yeah. That's it. So she's like, I'll respond to them. They yeah. like me. That's cool. Hi, <laughs> um, Anne. I hope you're listening. Yeah, and her website was fun. Uh, but yeah, she was kind of like set up to be a writer. This comes from her website where she, her and her sister were kind of groomed to be writers by uh, not spending plate time in other countries and all that other stuff or, do, or interning in publishing houses. They didn't do any of that. But her father was a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that he went to World War II and oh. was gone for a really long time. Yeah. And uh, essentially reintroduced himself to his daughters by writing a story for them. Mm. Um, and it was really cute that he was just like, it was called The Impulsive Imp. Mm. Yeah. That's um, cute. And it was a story like basically reintroducing himself to yeah. his kids who I hadn't seen in a minute. And I guess that like influenced them in a really deep way that made them want to write yeah and become writers to see like a like a work of like literature or just writing that symbolizes and has a purpose outside Mm -hmm. of just like this is for fun yeah it's like a thing like i have a friend who actually wrote a book for um to introduce herself to her partner's kid Uh because it was like before they met them and it was like they made this cute little this book so that the kid would like know who they were and understand that they were going to like become a part of this like situation and would like, you know, be a new friend (laughs) and like learn about them. And it was super sweet and was like, just like this, when I heard about it, I was like, that's such an interesting and fun way to yeah. like, like before you even meet the kid, like here's a friend that's going to come from the book and be in real life now. <laughs> like now you can have a real friend. Babadook. No, no, no. He's Bobadook. in the book now. He's real. <laughs> no. That's dangerous. I'm just saying that's my logic. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, like, like you were saying, um, and has like a very specific style that it doesn't necessarily mean that I love it because <laughs> yeah. it's like it's kind of hard it, it is a very specific type of literature but growing up I remember seeing like her books and seeing like uh-huh. the covers and being like those look really cool yeah and it's like the vampire Lestat I'm like ooh, what's that I like ooh, I love vampires. vampires yeah I was like Ugh. um but I, <laughs> I never like picked them up and I don't know why um and I did try to read some I tried to read um the vampire Lestat which is uh, one of the more recent ones after her hiatus, which I'll talk about. Um, but it, I think it's after the hiatus. Um, but what I found was interesting in it, um, and something that is replicated throughout all of her literature, uh-huh. is so she has in this, so it's Lestat, who we'll talk about more in depth when we get to our facts, or our films section. Because we're in the facts section. Um, uh, so Lestat is the vampire that we mostly see. Yeah. Right? Um, and at this point in time, he's living in a somewhat modern-ish 
world where there's this vampire that has a podcast, which is one cute because we have a podcast. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And we're vampires too. <laughs> what? Oh, I forgot to tell you guys. Um, have you ever seen us outside in the sunlight? Um, Not me. <laughs> only Gabe. Yes. Um, what I thought was cool was with this podcast, um, he... It has he uses it as a tool to like uh -huh. communicate with the other vampires okay and kind of create this kinship and this kind of understanding and to be support yeah. for them so what you find in Anne Rice's work when it comes to the vampires is that there's this theme of these like lost like overwhelmingly human vampires like yeah. they are just so like overwhelmed with their need for like a purpose they need yeah. to have uh, a higher being telling them what to do they uh -huh. need to understand why they are this way and why they feel this way and why they have to get up every day and do the same or every night and do the same thing kind of yeah. um and that they at this point in the the story they feel completely abandoned by any leadership that they've ever had so like um akasha has been yeah. murdered i guess or just like gotten rid of because yeah. she was doing bad stuff um and so they and you know there seems to be really bad things with father figures yeah. in the sense of like people who turn you just sometimes leave yeah. right? and then you're left on your own to your own devices and so um through this podcast he's able to reach uh, a bunch of of the vampire population to kind of give them hope and what's funny about it is that all the like humans who listen just think it's yeah. like this kitschy like fun like, well, like podcast wow, it's so dedicated yeah they're like wow they really like uh the the guy must know japanese because late at night like they'll get like phone calls in from japanese in quotations like uh uh vampires and he's talking to them somehow and wow he's really dedicated that's so funny um which is such a, a opposite kind of like they're hiding in plain sight which is yeah. exactly what we see in interview with the vampire yeah where um we had uh the the troop who were like murdering on stage which we'll yeah, talk about and people were like oh that's such great art <laughs> it was like wow they're so dedicated the blood looks real it's like it that's is a... you dum-dums yeah they just literally <laughs> murdered that girl yeah but this, like, I what I found is interesting. So, um, as you mentioned before, um, Anne had been very religious growing uh -huh. up and had been raised in the church. And then at about 18, she left the church, like Christianity or Catholicism. Um, but she left the church and uh -huh. was like, no. <laughs> like, I don't get that. I don't want to mesh with that. Organized religion is the whole thing. And she wrote um, Interview with the Vampire after the loss of her daughter, which is also, like, a time when you're, like, like, is there even a God if, like, they could do this? Like, you know, like, yeah. what kind of God could do that, right? So at her time of writing this was very lost. Yeah. And so she was writing these characters that showed that part of humanity, right? It's uh -huh. like our need for that and our need for community. Like, that's what the vampires are always looking for. Yeah. And that's what they fall victim to every time is, like, that they try to connect and they're just... These are the only other people who are going to understand you. Yeah. Um, and so there was a point in time where she found religion again, uh -huh. you know, and she um, had accepted Christianity. And so she stopped writing vampire books for a long time. And it was that she felt like she just didn't have those feelings anymore. Uh -huh. Like she didn't have she didn't have a reason to write it that way. 
Yeah. So instead, she wrote, like, um, more Christian books and, uh, like, wrote that for a long time and had still sworn off um, vampire novels. And then when the church was more out about being homophobic and being against, like, basic human rights, she was like, uh, nope, (laughs) can't do this. One, because, like, a lot of her, um, like, uh, fans in her cult, essentially, right, are, had written to her over the years that her characters really spoke to them and allowed them to, like, find a person to live through. Because her characters were, like, the outcasts of society. Who were, like, trying to just, like, live their lives and then love themselves. Yeah. Um, and were also, like, beautiful and sexual and and not, like, afraid to be sexual. Like, not afraid to embrace those things in them. And so... They, like, wrote to her, like, you really helped me have this. So she's like, there's no way that, like, I can shun what gave me the attention that I got. Uh, Also a series that, like, helped me through a dark time and means so much to my fan base for this, like, organized religion that is blatantly, like, attacking them. Yeah. And also um, her son. She was like, I can't (laughs) go against him as well. So she kind of like left that she left the organized religion she's still religious or spiritual um and then she brought back her vampire books again yeah um but even the the books themselves have such a unique um thing to them so they kind of transfer trans what is the word i'm looking for transformed transformed they transformed vampire lit and the reason for that or the the ways in which that happened is when you think about dracula it was written from the point of view of everybody else but Dracula. Yeah. So it's just Dracula who is just the evil big bad who's yeah. like sexy and charming and he just wants to eat this poor virginal woman who's like wrapped up in him and yeah. everyone like falls victim to his charm and he's just this villain. Yeah. <laughs> like he just comes in, he has no motives really. Yeah. He has no feelings. He's yeah. just in here to eat you. And turn into a bat and be weird, right? Yeah. And so, like, that's, like, nothing. Um, I think it's funny because, like, when I would grow up reading, um, like, Twilight or watching Vampire Diaries, um, my guardian at the time was, like, these aren't vampires. I remember, like... The vampires I remember were, like, sexy and elusive. Yeah. And I, when I first heard I was thinking, like, oh, does she mean, like, Dracula? Because I get, like, Bela Lugosi is sexy. <laughs> like, yeah. that was his whole thing. But she wasn't even thinking that. What she's thinking is interview with the vampire. She's yeah. thinking Lestat. You know? Yeah. Like, she's thinking Louis, even. Like, they have, like, they're over-beautiful. <laughs> they're so, like, powdered and perfect. But they were, like, sexy yeah. in this, like, moody way. And so when... And wrote these um, monsters, like these traditional monsters. Yeah. They weren't monsters anymore. They were just like um, exaggerated, highly emotional people. Yeah. And so they got voices. They got like a lot. That's the majority of what her writing is, which it's is why voice. it's hard for me to like get into because it's just not my style of like reading. It's just a lot of like narration. Yeah. And it's like, I don't like super love Lestat either. So uh-huh. I was like, I don't really want to hear him and t- yeah. him, hear him talk about himself a bunch. Yeah. Um, but the stories themselves are like super legit. And that's why I'm yeah. like, I love these movies because I get to like experience what the story is without having to like be sad that I yeah. can't like get through the book myself. Um, but that's, what, but people really love it. Right. But because we got this like point of view of these vampires, um, because we got to have emotional, like deep vampires who, yeah. who are like, 
you know, um, they feel guilty. (laughs) Like if, uh, like when you see like Louis, he's like the perfect brooding vampire that led the way for like the Edward Cullens of the world. Like he literally is like out there. he's not hanging out in high schools. But if, but I feel like he would have. (laughs) Like I really do. Like I feel like he would have been like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with some peers and then I can write poetry and no one's going to judge me kind of thing. Right. Like he's out there eating animals instead of, yeah. feeding on people just like edward did and like if he found some lowly human who was like mournful and plain and a nothing sorry <laughs> stephanie meyer but he wrote a trash person um but if i feel like if louis found someone like that he wouldn't have been as sad yeah he would have been a little more a little less brooding a little more loving i guess um but it essentially paved way for those like like stefan salvatore writing his diary yeah, <laughs> fire diaries. Like he, that guy would not exist. Yeah, if Anne Rice had not written Interview with the Vampire, she started it all. Yeah, even like True Blood. There's a lot in like one New Orleans already. We're yeah. there. <laughs> like when I when I hear the stat, I'm hearing. So okay. Yeah, it's okay. Right? Like, can you see that? Can you see yeah. like, those statues? Like, he's literally just... <laughs> there. There's so many trends in there where there's even names that are taken um, from interview or from the vampire series to yeah. true blood where like when i was listening i was like oh my gosh they totally just like took that yeah. <laughs> from already existing vampire lit and i mean everyone knows how much i love true blood because it's dope yeah and you got addicted too i showed you how cool it was it was cool i stopped then, watching that because i stopped watching stuff that's and how, that's how i live also we no longer have hbo that's fair so that'll do it well thanks you're helping <laughs> yeah thanks. you feel less bad about not doing a thing yeah, because, I mean, I would have still been watching it over again. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, like, an interesting thing that she did was, like, one, she used this monster, totally transformed it. We talked about how monsters represent not just, like, a big bad, but they represent, like, a minority and, like, a, a group of people who are in need. <laughs> like, who yeah. need attention, who need a purpose. Who need life. Yeah, yeah. validation. Um, and she did that in this really awesome way that has now transformed all of Vampire Lit. And um, she also wrote uh, erotic works. Are you telling me about this? And be like, what? <laughs> yeah, which I think is really funny. Um, only because, like, when you see, like, when I would read, like, these, I can't remember where it was, but there was, like, these interviews with her, and they'd, like, bring up their erotic, and she'd be like, and she's like, it was like older woman. She's like, I just don't know where it comes from, but it just like gets out of me, and then it's there. And it's like, Anne, <laughs> Anne. Um, and what are like, you doing? It's like really intense erotic lit. Like it's not like it's not light. Yeah, it's doing it's it. Not light at all. Um, it's uh very like S and M BDSM type, and it's like I read erotic fiction, but. Even still, I sometimes feel a little too um, feminist for oh, it. Okay. And that, like, I uh, will get uncomfortable when, or I'll get angry when there's, like, the woman in it who's, like, um, she's, like, I- I'm the tough attorney and I kick butt all day. And then she'll, like, end up, like, hooking up with this dude who tells her what to do and, like, orders her around and she'll, like, do it. She'll all of a sudden become submissive. And then he, like, gets off on it. And then I'll be, like, ugh. 
Like, I'll be like, ugh, why, really? And I'll be, like, completely, like, out of the story now. Yeah. So, like, I have a hard time with certain erotic Cleveland. So I've, I'm very much not a person who's into that. But she wrote some really interesting um, S&M that I just wanted to, like, uh, kind of just shine a little bit of light on because I think, I think our listeners need to hear just, like, so I... When I fa- found out about it, I was like, well, I need to look this up. And so I Wikipedia searched. Um, she has a, a, a group of novels, a trilogy that's based loosely off of Sleeping Beauty and that the character's name is Beauty and it's in like a similar time and yes. location. Um, so I was like reading like these synopsises, synopses and I sent some to Kat. So I'm just going to read some to you guys so you can hear them. So this one is... Beauty is taken to the harem and is mounted on the phallus of a bronze statue. She is then greeted by Inanna, one of the sultan's wives, with whom she copulates, and is shocked to discover that Inanna's clitoris has been surgically removed. Um, Fun fact, I know a burlesque dancer named Inanna, but I can't tell you if she still has her clitoris. I think she does. (laughs) Um, (laughs) my guess is she does. Uh, here's one. Uh, Tristan is bound and harnessed as a pony with a tail plugged in his rear and made to pull Nicholas's cart while being whipped, which is the time. Uh, Tristan is in a lot and he is quite constantly a pony. Yeah. Yeah. He is like more, like most of the time a pony in some degree. They're like always getting sold off and then they do this like switch of who's a sub and who's a dom, which is really interesting because I didn't know that that happens. Um, And I'm still not sure if that's a norm, but uh, they do that a lot where they're like, now I'm the the dom. And I'm like, what? Um, Here's (laughs) the last one I'll read you guys. Tristan answers after some hesitation that he loves anyone who punishes him, no matter how crude or lowly they are, and desires the loss of his self amid all the punishments, eventually becoming the punishments himself. Nicholas is moved by the answer, and after frantic intercourse, confesses to him that he is in love with Tristan. I really like frantic intercourse. Yeah, because it's, you know, he's driven by the emotions so strongly. (sighs) Frantic. Frantic. Frantic love. And, I mean, Tristan didn't love him that way. Um, Spoilers! (laughs) Spoilers to this trilogy that has been out for some time. Um, Beauty eventually has to go back home because she's ordered to marry someone because she's royalty. And then it turns out Tristan is royalty. So they get married, and then it's, like, they get to switch between being sub and dom and just, like, live in this, like, I guess, loving relationship. um, And are somehow not, like, like needing therapy from all of the slavery. So that's cool. She's royalty. How did that happen? I couldn't tell you. She was just sold off a lot. And then okay. they were like, oh, wait, we oh, forgot. You're a princess. Your dad died, so now you gotta go be the queen. And it's like, wait, huh? Why was he looking for you? I, I didn't have, read them. I read Wikipedia. He must have been somewhere far away. Yeah. Or maybe he was asleep. The whole kingdom's supposed to be asleep. Oh, okay. But she's awake now, so I don't know. Anyway, that was just a <laughs> little glimpse into uh, Anne's erotic lit, if that's your thing. I didn't try it yet, but I imagine it's not the same way the vampires are not in this sense. So uh, stay yeah. tuned for more vampires. So we watched stuff. We did. So um, we watched 
interview with the vampire. Yep, 1994. Which I guess was a really fun time where we just made movies about pretty boys who cried, like, a lot and ran away in sewers. There were others? No, <laughs> they all kind of did it. Like, I don't know. But, um, uh... Yes, so Interview with the Vampire is directed by Neil Jordan, and it was written by Anne Rice. Yep. uh, As well as the novel was. And it is about... A vampire tells his epic life story. Love, betrayal, loneliness, and hunger. Yep. And uh, just a little fun fact for everyone. (laughs) listening uh cat didn't know that it was tom cruise for the entire movie it was literally the last five minutes and she was like is that tom cruise no she didn't know i did not think it was tom cruise yeah you (laughs) told me and i was like excuse me i was like that is not tom cruise that man is blonde (laughs) yeah i i did not even kind of see tom cruise until you showed me, like, a photo of Tom Cruise and held it up to the TV. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That's weird. I also feel like this series yeah. is make fun of cat time. <laughs> it's a little bit make fun of cat time. time. Funny well, it's funny line. about it because it was like, so I I had been reading the Vampire Lestat, which takes place after the events and interview with the vampire. So when like he kept like dying, spoiler alerts, I was like, he can't be dead. And then I was like, <laughs> and so I was like, where's Lestat? And Kat's like, who? And I was like, okay, first of all, he's like the main character, one of the main characters here. And I was like, Tom Cruise. And she's like, Tom Cruise is in here? <laughs> I was like, what? When is he in here? I was he one of the vampires at the place <laughs> like, that lit no. the things on fire? He's the papa. And she's like, no. She's like, this guy is blonde and and is tall and has different eyebrows. He had very different eyebrows. <laughs> it's very confused. I did not realize. I didn't realize it was also Kirsten Dunst. I was like, that child looks kind of like Kirsten Dunst. And you said it to me at the beginning of the movie. I did. Kirsten Dunst is in this movie, but I'm expecting like full grown. No, I said Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst. Dunst as a child. I stopped listening at the end. Because <laughs> I was like, Kirsten Dunst. This is like, she is a child in this movie. It's really great. And then we're watching. And there's like the whole, like the whole time, like it, it's well into, like Kirsten Dunst's character has already been established. Like, this child is a really great actress. <laughs> and then she goes, huh, she looks like Kirsten Dunst. I was like, yeah, because that is, what are you talking? Like she said it, like it was her idea. <laughs> like she came up with it this whole time. Like, oh, Gabe. Did you ever think about how this young actress looks like Kirsten Dunst in that time when you told me there was a child actress named Kirsten Dunst who was going to be in this movie? You also I mean, didn't believe me when it was Brad Pitt them. either. It doesn't look like any of them. They all look different. <laughs> Don't look pretty. They look, They were very pretty. Like, Brad yeah. Pitt was, like, super pretty. Like, yeah. he was, like, glowing. He had, like, Snapchat filter. All the time. And his lips were like little puckered. So I, in that film, I was like, I get it. Like, I've never really understood like the fascination with Brad Pitt. Yeah. And like people being like, he's so hot. And I'd be like, "Eh." he just kind of looks like a dad. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, He's always looked like a dad. Yeah. Even in like Fight Club, I was like, he kind of just still looks like a dad. And in this, I was like, oh, he's so pretty. I get it. He could model maybe. I have. I was like, look at those cheekbones. They're so rosy. Yeah. It's like he's so charming. It's like even when he's being the worst, 
So the story is that we have Louis, uh-huh. who is Brad Pitt, and he's really depressed, and he just, like, really wants to die. So in a response to that, Lestat, the genius that he is, is like, how about live forever? <laughs> yeah, that's what you want, right? <laughs> you keep wanting to die. How about this? The direct opposite of that. You want infinite void and nothingness? How about that, but you're alive now? <laughs> Forever. And no yeah. one will ever love you. Yay. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, he turns him. And it was like, he was like, you have to be sure. And then he's like, yeah, I'm dying right now. I don't know what's happening. And then he turns. He was also drunk. Yeah, he was like severely messed up. And like, I feel like almost immediately he was like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> Go back. That's the opposite. I said the wrong one. <laughs> Want to do the other thing? Check yes or no. I accidentally said yes. I wanted to. I didn't do no. the captcha right. I can't tell which one is the stop side and which one's just the corner. <laughs> there are too many traffic lights. <laughs> Does this count as a car? It's kind of far away. My glasses aren't on. <laughs> it might be a traffic light. I missed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he, he becomes the most sad, morose edward cullen vampire that ever lived i didn't think he was that bad oh he was so he just whined the whole time i know but like what lestat was doing was pretty bad so he was just being a vampire i know but like he was being like real not like he's like you just need to get over it already and it was like that's not how trauma works until it was like hundreds of years later or not hundreds but a significant time later and he was still acting like that and i was like all right listen kid like, you're going to be like this forever. So we do have to kind of, like, Eventually get with get the over. program. Like, stop looking at me like I'm evil. Like, I got the frustration. It was yeah. just, like, also. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if was I was a, a vampire, guy. I would never be cool with it. Yeah. You know? I'd never be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Unless I turned yeah. everyone I love. <laughs> Unless you were, you were allowed to stay inside all the time because of the sun. I just play Metal Gear all the time. Or Persona 5. Yeah, you would just hate it, though, because you're not allowed to go outside. Yeah, then I would want to, just because I'm not allowed. Yeah. I would go outside at night. Yeah, but you'd be like, wow, remember what the sun was? Yeah, I do that like the That was a cool sun. time. Yeah, but Louie was, like, whiny the whole time. And I understand, because Lizette was, like, the worst dad. Yeah, like, he's, he's really like, mean. just get it. Like, he was not loving, which is, cr- like, an interesting thing, because, like, later, the other movie we'll talk about, he seems way more like he would understand, a, a, like, a problematic father figure. Like, you think yeah. he would be like, oh, let me be better than my father. But, you know, it's a circle, you know? Yeah. It just, a, a, what is it? A, <laughs> I forget what it's called, the, where it's the snake eating his own tail. Whatever. He's just doing problematic things. sword? No, it's a thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> there's like, so there's a whole thing where uh, Louis had like a plantation because he's from Louisiana and his slaves, so he's already a bad guy, we know this, uh, figure that something's wrong. Yeah. Um, he's been eating people's dogs, but Lestat has been out there eating people. And so they like try to like pretty much like uh, Frankenstein's town him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and so he ends up burning the whole plantation in the ground along with um, his slaves and then they run off and they're doing stuff he and didn't burn all the slaves he did yes he did mm-hmm. that's messed up yes it did, they did not show that accurately in the film yeah. then. well I, I guess because you wouldn't yeah <laughs> 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 oh uh, yeah that, it would have been worse if they showed it yeah it was um, already a bad time but I did not there. pick up on that just from watching mm, it you know yeah. what I mean like it seemed like they were outside so they're cool they can no, run away they now in, yeah okay I see that um, that's bad but 
He's a bad guy. <laughs> he's like really sad and he like runs and uh, he he runs into um, Kirsten Dunst. And yeah. I can't remember her name for the life of me in there. Claudia? Claudia, yeah. I think that's her name. Uh, and she, um, her mom had just died from of like plague. plague. And so she's like just looking. And then he like just comes up like all behind her real creep style. And she kind of like slowly turns around and is just like completely unfazed by this strange man who's in her house now. And he's it's like, oh, hi. Oh, are you here to fix mother? And she's like, she hella dead. And no, I'm going to eat you now. <laughs> so he like attacks her and gets real sad. He runs away after eating her. And he's in the sewer just crying over his rat lunch. And yep. the staff's like, listen, can you just come back? I've got you a present. You're looking real pathetic in here. And I unfortunately care about you. Can we just come back? Unfortunately. <laughs> it's really, really unfortunate that I turned you, of all people I could have turned in the history of the world, I chose you, Louie, who's going to be miserable the entire time. And he brings it back, and then they turn her. Uh, and what I thought was interesting with her is that she is young forever. Yeah. Right? It was and a really I emotional experience. Yeah, and I, I had watched Interview with the Vampire when I was younger, and the one scene that I remember, because I don't remember anything else, because I was, like, too young. Yeah. But what I remember was, um, here's an uh cutting her hair. Yeah. And then running away, and then it grew back. Yeah. And it was like, she's so trying, and I was like, oh, my God, we never think about consequences. Like, <laughs> you never really think about, like, what's actually going to happen, and what are the repercussions of your actions. Yeah. And it makes it think of even like uh, in true blood when you have jess the character who gets turned when she's a virgin Uh so every time she has sex her hymen grows back and so she's virgin quotations because it's it's a a lie um virginity is a lie Uh, and so she like it's like a thing where she has to keep doing i remember watching the show and being like wow what i wouldn't ever think of that like all those times i was reading like twilight and i was like take me away i would have been super screwed (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I'm like, or the opposite. I'm mean, not screwed because I'd be a virgin. Yeah. Um, but I was like, what? But another thing about the the that character, right? And the fact that she is young forever, and the fact that Anne was writing this at a time after her daughter's death, that this is very clearly could represent her daughter in and of itself, right? Yeah. Like she never got to grow up. Yeah. She never got to be the adult that she's like aspiring to be in there and is like condemned forever. To be this porcelain doll that yeah. is just like a, the, the wisp of a person. And it's like she's literally just there to be the daughter to Louie, right? Yeah. Um, but one thing I really enjoyed was that they never did anything weird. Because the fact that she's growing up mentally, yeah, she would become an adult, right? Yeah. yeah, not physically. And they never once were like, now she's getting, like, adult feelings yeah. for Louie. They never did that. Like, it was always, like, a father-daughter relationship where I was like, thank God. I was really worried. I yeah. was like, this could go so bad because it's 1994 and there weren't any rules. Yeah. Like, people no, didn't fair. know that was wrong. Like, they knew it was wrong, but it would have been like, it's art. Of course, <laughs> she's growing up. Uh, but they kept her as a, as a young person. Even when she, like, she's, um, like, m- like, more hungry uh-huh. She takes quicker to being a vampire yeah. than Louie ever did. Um, but in that, that's still very childish, right? Like, yeah. she has no control, no constraint. She doesn't have, like, she has no concept of, like, what, like, consequences. Yeah. <laughs> because she's a kid. And so I think it's, like, it, it's pretty cool that she was able to show that on uh, in in the story and in the book, yeah. in the film. No, it was a good time. 
Yeah. There's a lot of cool things in there that I didn't know. Um, but it was very long. Yeah. Yeah. It felt long. It, it had one of those, it was one of those movies where it's like, there was a point where it could have ended and everyone would have been like, okay. <laughs> and then it kept going and you're like, okay. Oh. Oh yeah, um. the guy was interviewing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're back. And I, the, what's funny about that, so, because the, there's the boy, because um, in the, the book, he doesn't have a name. Yeah. But it's Christian Slater. Yeah. Anyone's listening. Uh, and he, after all this, Louis tells his mournful, sorrowful, sad story. Um, where, like losing everything he cares about. Yeah, like Claudia dies. He finds Armand, who's this um, really attractive um, Hispanic vampire played by... Um, Spy Kids. <laughs> no. Antonio Mendes. No. <laughs> you cannot call him Spy Kids. That's just <laughs> how I fondly remember him. <laughs> um, Antonio Mendes, who... Um, a fun fact, my mom uh, told my sister when she was young that that was her dad. Yeah. And, like, convinced her so hard that, like, there was a time when, I don't know, maybe we were watching Spy Kids. We were watching some movie, and she was like, that's my dad. And my mom was like, mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that sure is the answer. And I was like, Mom, you can't tell her that. Um, so Antonio Banderas is our dad for some reason. Um you get one. You get one celebrity, and that's my mom's choice. Uh, yeah. But he's in there looking all suave, uh, and he becomes, like, his best friend. They go through this whole thing, and he's all alone now, and he tells Christian Slater. And after all this really sad story, <laughs> Christian Slater's like, cool, let me do it. Yeah, cool. Now my turn. I want to be a vampire. And he's like, were you not listening I just said to this awful. entire time? It sucks. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be whatever, your friend. Let's go. <laughs> He's like, no. And then, like, later in the in the movie, um, Lestat's still alive and, like, attacks him, yeah. which is, like, nice. In the book, um, the boy goes after, like, looking for Lestat. Because he's like, Lestat will mess up any. Like, Lestat doesn't care. Yeah. He'll give me whatever I want. And it's like, okay. That's cool, I guess. Yeah, it makes nice. sense. <laughs> we watched another thing. Yes. Uh, Queen of the Damned, 2002. Yes. Uh, director Michael Reimer. Written by Anne Rice, uh, obviously, and novel by Anne Rice. Yes. So the vampire Lestat becomes a rock star whose music wakes up the queen of all vampires. Played by Aaliyah. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Which was such a fun time to watch because I was still too, like, a little too young to, like, get it and get who yeah. she was to that degree. Um, and it was really, like, at one point we actually had to, like, Google it. We're like, how old is she here? Because, yeah. like, I remember young Aaliyah. Yeah. So, like, to think of her as being, like, a 20-something who's, like, super over-sexualized, but in an empowering way, like, she yeah. was like, no, <laughs> this is who I am. And, like, yeah. was like, <laughs> and, like, just turned people dust, didn't care. Uh, she did a decent job for it being, like, one of her first acting things. Yeah. Um, she had a weird accent. Yes, I couldn't um, place it, but I didn't know if that was just like because she's supposed to be from something else. Like it seemed like. So I think what made it weird was that it sounded like they put her voice just twice. Yeah. Or they put like a deep voice on top of her voice. Plus, yeah, they did do that. Plus, she was doing an accent. That yeah. I don't think she really knew what it was. Like, I don't think she listened to a different accent to then learn what to do. I think, I think she they just were like, did it. do an accent. You're from an ancient place that's possibly Egyptian, because that's the kind of vibes we're getting here. So do that. And she's like, I think Egyptians sound like this. I've never been there. So she just kind of did it. But it was believable, because you're like, yeah, she sounds like a god from a long time ago. Yeah. Um, It's not 
um, uh, Tom Cruise yep. as Lestat because we needed like a younger rock star <laughs> Lestat, and Tom Cruise just can't. No, he can't be pulling that off. He's too busy jumping on couches. <laughs> I guess doing Scientology. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wonder. It would be it would be so weird to see Tom Cruise next to Aaliyah. That would have been really gross, in my opinion. Yeah, it would have been weird. At all. Age is more than just a number. Uh, <laughs> just so everyone knows. Uh, R. Kelly. Um, so in it, we have Lestat, who's being rebellious. Yeah. Like a teenager. Which is interesting, because this takes place after he was, like, the evil dad to Louie. Yeah. So it's like, what? Um, yeah, I think it was so, very anyway. different in the film. It, it was just very different. Yeah. It was like... Is this the same one? Yeah, <laughs> he seems so Lestat? different. He like he gets turned in like a similar to Louis way where he's not fully sure, but he also doesn't get a choice. He just is yeah. turned, uh, and he's just like a spoiled like teenager who's living in this like a like cool castle away from the yeah, world. He was like aristocrat. Yeah, and then um, and his dad's like this cool vampire, but then he like plays music real sick, and it almost wakes her up, and yeah. the dad just abandons him. Like, no, like, not... Well, like no, this. he has to take Aaliyah away. Yeah, but he doesn't give him, like, a lot of explanation. Like, he really just left him. Yeah. And then, like, never came back to find him. Yeah. And it's, like... So he has, like, abandonment issues and, like, runs away and um, eventually becomes a rock star. And in kind of, like, the way in the first one where we had... So there was, like, a play, an interview with the vampire where there's vampires who would, like, put on a play... And yeah. then they would eat a girl in front of everyone, but everyone just thought it was a play. Yeah. Like, he, instead in this, it's like, they lure, like, fangirls. Yeah, who are like, oh my gosh, he's so hot. I bet you he's gonna bite me. And then, and then, he, then he does. does. <laughs> like, but not the way she wanted yeah. in this scenario. It was very bad bites. Um, But he's like, he's like, I don't care if vampires find me. Like, he's such a mean... He's like, it's fine. Yeah, I'm He talks just like the, the fangirls. <laughs> he does. He can, he can differentiate. He's a fan. Yeah, Go of back. himself. Yeah, he's like, um, I'm so great. He but does think he's so great. people is bad. <laughs> yeah, and we have, like, uh, this girl who's, like, from a vampire family... And is looking into vampires. In the book, it's totally different. I was looking at the Wikipedia, and I just wasn't getting that vibe. And the one thing I got from the book that didn't come into the movie that I was like, oh, that sucks. And I feel like it's because of when it was made. Yeah. Because if it was made today, it totally would have happened. And it's the fact that Akasha... So Akasha is the queen of all vampires in Azalea, in this sense. And she um, is kind of, like, evil. <laughs> She's, like, very evil. Um, she can just kill vampires willy-nilly. And she, like, just sucks people dry. She has no remorse. She just sees them as, like, feed. Like, yeah. food. Which is, like, I think it's really irresponsible of her, the way that she, like, does that. Because she's going to run out. And yeah. then what? Like, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like she was being irresponsible. But in the book, she's more feminist, where she kind of, like, a, like a really, like like super intense feminist that yeah. doesn't necessarily need to happen. Uh, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> yeah. The one that we get it's seen like as. interesting. Yeah. And the fact that she like kind of wants to like wipe men from the planet and just have like ladies. Yeah. Or like have majority ladies. Yeah. Because she's like, nah, their time is done. You're just I'm like a king arrogant. Like, yes. She's like, I just want 
Like, let's let the ladies do what they're got to do. But yeah, she cool. kept saying stuff like that to Lestat, where he's like, I love it. You're just a useless man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Say he's something like, stupid again. <laughs> and he's, and like, he's like, yeah. yeah. Hey. And he, she's like, yes. Nice. <laughs> and Such uh, a king. Yeah. There's some really sexy scenes in a tub. And I totally get how he was like, yeah, I'll just suck the world dry with you, babe. Yeah. How do was, you say no hot. to Aaliyah? Like, honestly. Like, I was like, I guess... Guess this is what we're doing. You want the whole world gone? You got it, babe. Yes, Here we go. For you. <laughs> like anything you want. You don't even have to ask twice. I'm already. It's already done. Did you want? Did you go outside see all the dead people? <laughs> Did it for you, babe. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool, and we really missed it. Missed out on it because she didn't really have that. She was just like everyone go away. Yeah. Um, but I get it. It wasn't really like a trendy topic, but it's cool that like Anne wrote that. Yeah. Um, I think like, and there's a whole like other, like there's like more significant vampire presence in the book. Yeah. There's like more important vampires and like the founding of them and like the history. More of an explanation of like the tree essentially. Yeah. Like there was like that wall that had like an outline of all the different yeah layers of vampire families essentially. Mm-hmm. And it was less Lestat. It was like from what I was gathering from the synopsis because yeah. I did not um, read it. But it, it seemed like there was, like, a lot of other vampires that were were uh, involved. And even in the death of Akasha, spoiler alert, for 2002, um, was that in the movie, he, like, pretty much sucks her almost dry. And then, but if you kill a vamp, like, if you suck all of something, you die. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he's, like, going to do that. And then this other vampire does it, does the last bit. Yeah. But he was, like, the big point of it, right? Yeah. Um, in the 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 book, it's, like, a bunch of them are doing that. And it's, like, one of the other vampires that, like, takes it and, like, beheads her or something. It was, okay. like, absurd. Um, but it, it was really interesting because you have, like, this history and there's, like, witches. And they're, like, also vampires. And it's, yeah. like, a family. It's, like, a coven of vampires. It was, like, yeah. it seemed, like, cool. And I feel like we missed that because we switched out for, like, this romance. And it was, like, the first, like... It is, like, the first, like, vampire romance thing that we see that we now see throughout We're like, yeah, a vampire history. goes for a human, doesn't want to turn her, yep. has to. Yep. Because the baby needs to get eaten out of her. No, that doesn't happen here. That happens in Twilight, uh, which is awful. Just in case anyone didn't know, uh, there's a part where she's pregnant and the vampire baby is going to kill her. And then he, Edward Cullen, has to eat the baby out of Bella and then turn her because she is dead now. Because the baby broke her back from inside. And now it's Renesmee, which is the ugliest name. So thank you, Anne Rice, because now we have that. <laughs> the Does world. it get older? She does, but slowly. Or is it a baby for it? And also in in a, in the cre- so remember when I was afraid about Louis and Claudia? Yeah. Well, in this sense, Renesmee, who is an infant, gets imprinted upon by Jacob, who was a former love interest of Bella, who now has like a he feels protection for the girl and he's imprinted on her. But as she's gonna grow up, he's just gonna end up with her. She's a child. She's literally an infant at this point. So. They took, she took it the step farther that I was glad that Anne didn't. (laughs) So, Anne, sometimes they take your work and they trash it. And that's what happened. Yeah. So, so that was some history lessons for everyone on what Twilight does. What do you can't get with mom? Wait 20 years. Not even. She's like, she's, oh, she was going to grow up and she was going to stay like 
the like a 17 forever or something like she was always going to be young it was wild I don't even know it was make-believe because that's what it is yeah but in this that didn't happen but they did rope in this like love story that I don't know if that is in the the book but in this one I was like eh. she was really pretty though that actress yeah. was like gorgeous everyone was really pretty yeah the stat was really pretty I don't know who that actor is so either. just brief aside yeah something bothers me Oh, no. <laughs> Not about, like, that sp- this specifically, but about that idea where it's, like, that song. You know the Jonas Brothers sing it. It's, like, something, something, year 3000. Yeah. And they're talking about your great-great-granddaughter. It's, like, oh. don't you touch her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if you're in the future. Find somebody else. That is my <laughs> child's my child. child's child. <laughs> It's such a weird, that's a song? Yeah, it's like, and if I meet your great-granddaughter. Ew. Or great-great-granddaughter. It was like How many years generations, that is, yeah. whatever. That, that, uh, but who, that's a different person. Yes, person that's what I'm saying. Where it's just like, oh, wow, is our relationship that shallow that you only <laughs> like how I look and are hoping, crossing yeah. your fingers, that I'll have a relative? That I've birthed. God forbid, like, my child and my child child, like, marry, like, an ugly man. And then they, like, <laughs> the kid gets ugly. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's no, it's a, a problematic it's just, yeah. thought process. <laughs> Jonas, well, we're really. Well, then, but also, you know Jacob. What, you Jacob know really guy. grinds our gears. Don't. <laughs> don't like the one relative and then go for the younger ew yeah don't go for bella's (laughs) daughter you liked bella yeah well it was he wasn't able to help it and he didn't like it himself to be fair at the beginning and bella did like almost punch him or something because she was like what um it's gross (laughs) in this and in uh queen of the damned that does not happen Yeah. uh, There's no imprinting on children. And like I said, in an interview with the vampire, there was no skeevy stuff that I saw. And that made me, I was very nervous because things like that exist where we just don't have that line. So thank you, Anne, so much. That the fact that she can go and make her erotic fiction where people are ponies, which is like, do what you do, right? But you're adults. And somewhat there's consent. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know how much slaves can have consent, but it, I, they might in the story. Um, versus, because it might be like a figurative slave, because yeah. it's like a purposeful one. Um, but in this, she was like, nah. <laughs> like, like there, there's eroticism, and then there's just like being a good person. Yeah. So thanks. That's great. So if you like it, it's Rockstar Lestat, because he was real cool and hot, and he, like, climbed on ceilings. Yeah. And jammed out on the stage. Yeah. Real cool, like. <laughs> rocked uh, out on the he, stage. Yeah. Um, he rocked out. He like Hannah Montana does. And uh, that's a deep cut. For the limo well from. How to styles every shoe, every color. That's the stat in this movie. Yeah. When you're famous, famous, it can, it can be, be kind of fun. It's really you, you but everyone the... discovers. No, you're... but everyone thinks it's not real, so yeah, no one ever discovers. That's true. Until they're uh, eaten and it doesn't matter because they're gone. Who would have thought that a vamp like me would double as a rock star? <laughs> 
You got the best of both worlds. All right, we're done. Sorry. Um, That was really fun. That really satisfied me. (laughs) Like, it really, it's just some spots I needed. Uh, So if you like it, it's that. If you don't like it, it's Moody Louie, because he's the most depressing vampire I've ever encountered. And I I watch and read a lot of vampire lit. Yeah. Like, I even have Sookie Stackhouse novels. Like, yeah. I'm deep in there. Yeah. <laughs> I do it. Yeah. Um, I've watched all of Vampire Diaries. I will not watch the spinoff, though. That's fair. <laughs> I draw the line. Uh, but for Anne Rice. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, rock star Lestat. Yeah. I gave her rock star Lestat, too. I am so thankful for her. Yeah. And I'm also like, you know, I'm happy that she's like stays true to herself, whatever herself is going to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think it's cool. She's active on the thing. Yeah. Um, I did read somewhere that like one of her recent books did bad. Like on she like, did not handle Amazon. it all. No. She like wrote a letter where she was like, how dare you? And I was like, I, like, I get it. Cause it is like, that's a real personal thing. Like you write something yeah. and people, but sometimes people don't like it. Sometimes you just did a, maybe it wasn't the best. Yeah. Maybe you're a little rusty. You haven't, yeah. you haven't been writing vampires in a while. Yeah. Your audience has changed. Like, it yeah. just, you know. And it kind of, like, rubs you the wrong way when you come back. You don't have to defend yourself sometimes. Yeah. Or, like, let someone else defend you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I like Anne. Uh, uh, what about Interview with a Vampire? I liked it. Rockstar list that. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a Moody Louie. I could I, I I like that we watched it. Yes. I think it's important that we did. Uh, but okay, I, I wouldn't watch it again. I agree with that. Yeah. I would not watch it again. But like I'm happy we did watch it. That's why it's like Yeah. yeah. yeah it's fine. <laughs> it's just definitely a product of its time. Yeah. And I was like, eh. Yeah. I've seen better vampires now. <laughs> I was just, like, happy that I did watch it. I yeah. I was, like, the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was, like, Because it's been on my cool. list for a minute. It's, like, I felt, like, rude not have, not having watched yeah, it. Yeah, like, how can you call yourself, like, a true, like, horror yeah. person if you haven't watched it? So, yeah. Um, what about Queen of the Damned? It was a fun time. Yeah. I give it a rock star list that. Yeah. I loved it. In that, like, it was, like, even with the romance in there, like, I really liked her. Yeah. And how she was, like, I don't care. And she, like, took risks. And she tried to be, like, my boyfriend is a fancy vampire. Yeah. And, like, I just love that Lestat didn't really care. And, like, when... And I like that they, like, didn't know that he was still, like, on their side. Yeah. And then I really love Aaliyah just coming in, being her. Mm-hmm. Just, like, wiggling her arms. And I was like, yeah, wiggle. She was just being super sexy. It was great. Yeah. That's... I'm telling you, that bathtub scene's ruined me forever. <laughs> to the fact that I was watching that, I was like... Maybe I should read her erotic literature. <laughs> it's like, is this what Maybe it is? <laughs> in my house one day I'll have a bathtub. <laughs> and then I will do this. Uh, no, no biting. Well, yeah, but without the biting. Yeah, but the sexy time. Yeah. Where it's like a milky kind of bit, like a tub. Yeah. And then you just have like a guy who's like lounged out and you're like, I'm in control. I'm the boss, which is what I would read. Because I don't yeah. like this nonsense where the boss lady doesn't want to be the boss anymore. Yeah. Once a boss, always a boss is how I feel. And I feel like Aaliyah, Aaliyah would also agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's, I guess, what we have to say about Anne. Yeah. Don't get married. Delete your kids. Eat your kids or turn them into kids forever. Oh, no. Because you died of plague. 
Why'd you die of plague? That does sound bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd rather you just eat her and leave her alone now. Let's let her go. Yeah. Then she can come to me because I'm dead from plague. Yeah. 